Welcome to Season 3 of the Chief Executive Connector Podcast. I am so glad you are here to connect with me. As promised, this season is going to be a little bit different. This season is going to have the traditional Chief Executive Connector Podcast framework that you know and love. It's going to have some tidbits of knowledge off the top of my dome. It's going to have a couple of weird things that I come up with, right? Like I'm going to come up with that 2020 last call that I promised you, but it's also going to have some long form conversations with incredible people. And this is one of them. This is my buddy, Heidi Atterman, who is a rock star in every sense of the word. She is the lead woman for heavy metal bands and a life coach who uses her knowledge in being a rock star to help people bring out the best in them. Now, we were introduced by my buddy Jeff Glauser, who is my marketing consigliere, and this conversation is us getting to know each other and just talking about interesting things and overlap. So enjoy it. We talk about breaking out of a small town, finding a new group of friends when your old ones don't serve you anymore, and using heavy metal as affirmations for personal development. Enjoy. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, In my walks, every man I meet is my superior in some way. And in that, I can learn from him. This means every single person you've ever interacted with has done something slightly different than every single other person, and therefore has something to teach you. And you, my friend, have something to teach them. This means every conversation you have is both a chance to learn something and a chance to make an impact. Every room full of people you walk into is both a library and your stage. And the better you get at getting to know people, the value they each inherently bring, and how to share it with others, the greater the impact you can make on the world. My name is Pablo Gonzalez, and I've created a system called the Relationship Flywheel, designed to create impact through relationships at scale. And this podcast is a living document of how to do it. So hit subscribe right now. If you want to learn how to get to know people, get them to know you, and build a world-class network. Some episodes will be interviews, some episodes will be regular calls with people building rapport, and some will be tactical advice to teach you how to build your own relationship flywheel and achieve anything you want. Now smash that subscribe button and let's get connected. Hey, what's up? Oh, happy new year. Happy new year indeed. Happy new year indeed. <laughs> we made it. How was this year for you? This year was, well, my mantra this year was every day is a new adventure because it was definitely the oddest year that I've had. But I got laid off and I had started my coaching business at the beginning of the year with the intention of working nights and weekends. And so when I got laid off, I just went full-time, 100% into working on my coaching, knowing that everybody else is going to be looking for a job. So I was going to go a different route this time. And it's worked out pretty well for me, I think. So awesome. So so like blessing in disguise kind of thing? Yes. Bridge of incidents. <laughs> Bridge of incidents. I've never heard that term. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's. I can't remember if that came from Neville Goddard, or if that came from the Silva method, but 
basically, you know, it's that bridge of something that happened that usually is not that good of a thing. Some people could look at it and be like, wow, that's terrible. But other people look at it and say, if this hadn't happened, it wouldn't have gotten me to this place. Hmm. Hmm, that's cool, man. I like that. I like, so that is, that is a, a way of naming one of these like blessing in disguise kind of things or the, you know, you, you get what you need, not what you want or whatever. Right. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I'm into terms like that. That's cool. <laughs> So awesome. I really liked your, uh, I think it was like 15 minute, I don't know, not rap video. Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah my, my last my last call. That's cool. I'm, I'm happy they like that. <laughs> that is uh, easily the, so far, my favorite piece of content I've ever made. And definitely the furthest, I guess not anymore, but like the furthest I stepped out on a limb with content at the time, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. And I, you know, I definitely... I've, I've really subscribed to the idea of if I send that to somebody and they, and they see it, like they, you know, they're going to know if they think I'm full of crap or not, you know, like whether or not I vibe with them, you know, it's kind of like a, yes. a, a attract, a, you know, attract your tribe kind of thing. So like I, I, I tactically use that these days. So it's cool. Thanks. I appreciate it. So how do you, uh, how do you know Jeff? Well, I think he might've found me through one of my connections on LinkedIn. Okay. But he reached out to me on LinkedIn and said, hey, let's, you know, do one-on-one. And we kind of talked about what we were doing. And turns out that about the time he contacted me, I was working on my website. And he was talking about branding and the words and all that stuff. And, and he was talking about needing some life coaching. So we just set up a little trade. And so I'm coaching him and he's helping me with my branding and my writing. So it's turned out to be a pretty nice relationship. I like it. That's cool. I like those mutually valuable kind of like relationship things. Right. And how you, how did you meet Jeff? Networking. I, I met him at, at like a marketers meetup, like a year, year and a half ago, maybe. And just kept in contact with him. I liked, I, you know, he's the type of person that I gravitate towards, right? Like I, I, I like his, he's actually been real dutiful about consistently checking in on me and stuff like that. And I, I, I appreciate like the consistency and the, the deliberateness of keeping up with people is something that I really, really admire. Cause I'm more like, I'm more of like a shotgun kind of like, I try to be friends with everybody. And if it comes to me, it comes to me and everything like that. Right. So I mm-hmm. find that, I find that people that value relationships and have like these deliberate ways of, of doing it, I, I, I gravitate towards for sure. Well, I think it's interesting. That is the second time that this week somebody has mentioned consistency with Jeff. And I know from coaching that consistency was one of his big things that he was working on over the course of this year. So that's just another another comment that I can kind of pass back his way and be like, do you know that that's the second person that's seen you as being consistent in this one week? That's really cool. That's really cool. That that definitely, that goes to show the whole like, you underestimate your good qualities. So, you know, I, I think it's like a superhuman thing to like underestimate your good qualities, right? Yeah, yeah. So you need that outside perspective to tell you. That's awesome. That's great. I'm happy to hear that. Well, cool. So how long have you been 
connecting people? <laughs> I guess taking that real seriously, probably, I'd say about nine years. I've, I've, I've always kind of been like somebody that's obsessed with making friends with everybody I could. And I think that up until my early 30s, it was probably a pretty selfish way of doing it, right? Like it was much more what I could get out of people. And, and then at a certain, you know, I got really involved with nonprofits in my, in my early 30s. And I started to become much more relationship-based than, than transactional-based, right? Like just the idea of having relationships was the goal. And the understanding that the way you do that, that has, you know, like being the funny entertaining guy has a shelf life or like has a limit to that, but being the person that wants to be of service to people and wants to add value to people's lives is, is infinite for that. <laughs> and, and yeah, I learned it, you know, like I had some like super aha, stop being a young asshole dude moments. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> in that journey and 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 then i've just like I, you know once once that clicked I, at the end of the day the same the same driver was like i, I want to have as much as many friends as possible right like i have this like deep seated like want to of belonging and having people belong so i just i've, I've been all in on it since probably around like 33 i'm, I'm 40 now probably so probably probably around 33 did it really really click and uh, and then it's really been the last two years that I, you know, kind of when I wrote that, that the, that the end of 2019, right? Like 20 beginning of 2019 was just like this, like jump into the abyss of designing a way to make a living based on me doing something that I love that I would do for free as like the main driver of the business that I am monetizing in a genuine way that doesn't make me feel cheesy. And like, really there's like, commit to what kind of business model that can become. And, and it turned out to be, you know, like, I guess I'm, I guess I'm a hype man. Right. But like I, it's, it's, it's in the last month, I've really been able to contextualize it as this relationship flywheel thing that I've, that I've designed and created. And that's now become like the, 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 the name of the product that I, that I sell, you know, like at the end, my, my business is a, B2B business development engine designed around this like relationship flywheel. And my clients tend to be like 15 to $150 million companies. But within it all, it's all based on like what I do anyways, right? Which is, which is this like understanding of if I can connect with people while creating content around it and then repurpose the best parts that like suit them and then share that in my social media to introduce people at scale to my network it you know it, it, and and then on top of that you know like when i'm tagging people and introducing them to my network i get seen by their network that tunes in and and people enroll into either liking me or not liking me based on a very low friction kind of thing so so yeah that's that's kind of it <laughs> what i really liked about your story though was like this this fact that you're just like going out and doing these things with basically like no pay. You're just like, I'm just connecting people. And then that is what led to like your, 
your bigger sale and then led to everything else. Cause that's kind of like my belief in the process of how I'm trying to grow everything is that if I can promote and help other businesses in the process of what I'm doing or, you know, team up and make partnerships that make sense, then everything that I'm looking to get will come to me from that activity. I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> you know. Well, now I'm like, see, see, that guy did it. That's how he did it. Like, yeah, just yeah. Like, yes, I'm encouraged. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome, man. That 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 means that means a ton to hear that you see that as a reference point, right? Because, like, for me, when I was really starting to buy into this idea, there was so many voices that are like. Dude, what are you doing? Work, you know, doing this stuff for nonprofits. Stay in the office, dumbass. You know, like, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm pretty sure I'm creating some kind of value. I'm like, following the breadcrumbs on this stuff. And for me, the first kind of reference that I saw doing this thing at scale was Gary V. Right? I don't know if you follow him at all. Mm-mm. Do you know who he is, Gary Vaynerchuk? No. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So he's this. he was one of the early people on Twitter and on YouTube. And he's like an immigrant that came from the Soviet union and grew up in a one bedroom apartment. And then his dad started a liquor store. So he worked at his dad's liquor store all throughout his like college age through his like early to like late twenties or something like that. And grew his dad's liquor store from like a one and a half million or like a $3 million company to like a $65 million company on the back of being one of the first like YouTube shows, just like tasting wine and just like honestly saying what it is and, 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 and Google AdWords and stuff like that. And then wrote the book on the influencer economy in 2009. Right. So like on it early. (laughs) Right. And, and then has become this like huge figure in the marketing world. He started, you know, like he now has a, a hundred million plus, I don't know how big the company is, right? But like, he's got like over a thousand employees kind of thing in this like marketing company for Fortune 500 people. But as he's doing that, he is making content about himself, giving out all his like ideologies and ideas and every like meeting he takes or whatever for free at scale. It, you know, it's, it's, it's very like one-to-one what I've tried to emulate. But, you know, seeing him when I first got, recommended to like tune into his podcast in like 2017 at first i'm like oh, i don't like this guy like he's like a hard charging jersey like new like jets fan you know like that like in miami like i have a very like guttural reaction to that and but as i like watched his content and i was watching his content because somebody that i like admired told me about it so i was trying to like understand what it is about it that that he likes i realized that you know he's this like super alpha male figure that preaches no man it's like doing doing things for other people and like the more you're just like giving it away for free the more people end up just trusting you that you know what you're talking about so like there's no downside to helping as many people as you can as a business model and winning on it on a public stage right so i was like that was the first ever like validation point and i think it's super important to have those like reference points like to you know like if you've never seen somebody you know, the con- the contextualization of seeing somebody execute on something that you kind of had like a feeling could work, I think is so powerful, right? 
Right. And I mean, that's what I coach around a lot of times is, you know, people, people have a limited imagination for what it is that they can actually accomplish because of who they're hanging out with. If everyone that they're hanging out with after work is just like hanging out in the garage and drinking beers, then, you know, that's probably all that's going to happen out of their life. Because if they do bother to talk about something besides drinking beers in the garage, everybody's going to be like, no, man, why would you want to do that? Like this bad thing's going to happen to you and this is going to be terrible and you're not going to like this. But as soon as you get around somebody that's already doing what it is that you think you can do, it's going to be that person that opens your mind to what you could possibly create in that space. And that was probably one of the biggest life lessons that I've learned along the way is, you know, if there's, if there's somebody out there doing something, you have an inkling of a thought that you could do, then there's no reason why you can't do that too. Totally agree. <laughs> you, need, <laughs> you need that like paradigm kind of like, once you see somebody do it one-to-one, you're like, okay, I don't have any excuses, right? Yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, man, very cool. So where, where, do, uh, where do you live? I'm in Jacksonville, Florida. Oh, you're in Jacksonville also? Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. And you're in Miami, you said? No, I'm in Jacksonville. Right. Like oh, I'm you're in Boston. Jacksonville too? Yeah, I moved here like two and a half years ago. Oh, sweet. I moved here in 2015. Oh, right on. What, what brought you here? I was married at the time, and we had a 10-year plan to move to Florida. It took us 12 years. And by that time, things weren't going so well. So <laughs> got it. Got we're it. separated now, and I'm still living Florida. <laughs> All right, so you won. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's cool. That's Man, cool. Wisconsin is no fun this time of year. I can only imagine. <laughs> Where are you from? Uh, I'm originally from Venezuela. And so I'm like a quintessential Miamian, right? Like I was like born in Latin America. My dad's Cuban and I grew up in Miami and I'm also super American. So yeah, born in Venezuela, grew up in Miami. I, I lived in Spain as a kid for like five years and then moved to Miami when I was nine. So yeah, but you know, have, have like from Miami, went to UF, then went to like my, the beginning of my career moved me to like Southern California for five years and then moved back to Miami in like 2009 and and that's when I realized that, like, I identify as a Miamian, <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, you know, it's like, like, I didn't realize how, like, being Hispanic and being Caucasian North American at the same time was, like, so seamless in Miami, yet so difficult for people to compute everywhere else, like, including yeah. LA, you know, so, so I was like, oh, okay, okay, so that's, that's what I, oh, and then especially, like, I married, my wife's Venezuelan, so, like, what I used to be, like, oh, this is my Venezuelan side, I now know is delineates to a certain bucket of my Hispanicness, and then there's like the Cuban side, and then there's the Miamian side. That's its own like mix of Hispanicness, right? So like she's real deliberate to point out the parts where I'm not Venezuelan. So it's like the you know, I, I... <laughs> nice. Yeah, 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 that's cool. Well, that's cool. I always appreciate talking to people that have had a little bit more outside experience because I grew up in a small town in Wisconsin. And stayed in Wisconsin until I was 35. So very, I would say, small-minded kind of type people there. And yeah. not not a very good view of the outside world and what's going on. That's what I really love about Jacksonville is that it's so diverse. Yeah. Like there are 
I mean, there are people from every state here because, mm-hmm. you know, all the northern states are cold and there's people from other countries here. And I'm, I'm just getting such a different perspective on people and how their backgrounds kind of shape their beliefs and, and how that equates to their behaviors. So it's been kind of fun. <laughs> That's interesting. So that that sheds some perspective on your on what you said earlier of like needing somebody that is the the paradigm breaker in your in your social circle. How, but but you all right. So you come from like a small town. Without that example, how did you? How did you? What made you want to leave the like the bubble that like? How did you become aware of the bubble kind of thing? Right, like that you're describing. I became aware of the bubble because all of my life, since third grade, I decided I was going to be a rock star. So starting with my parents, they were like, oh, no, like, no, 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 like sex, drugs, rock and roll. That's not what we're going to have for our daughter. That's that's no good. And as I got older and was talking about it, friends were like, yeah, you know, good luck being Metallica. Like, you know, just stuff like that. And then actually being in bands. And being with band members that like, they were just happy playing in the basement, like play a show, like what's that? And like the last band I was in, my guitar player was like, I always feel like I'm stuck in the middle. Like I'm trying to pull TR, our drummer, up to my level. And I'm trying to hold Heidi down from floating off into the sky without us. (laughs) And And that's really one of the main, besides the cold weather, because that was probably like number one thing I was sick of, but I was having a really hard time with the people that I kept coming in contact with, finding people that were on the same bigger mindset level that I was at. And then once I had found life coaching when I was 27, I mean, this is one of the main reasons I became a life coach, because I was talking to the people around me about this stuff I was learning, because it was very exciting how could you possibly keep all this stuff to yourself? And so I'm like, just talking about it like crazy. And people are just looking at me like, okay, well, we've never heard this before. And I'm like, I know, isn't this exciting? And they're like, I don't know. Sounds kind of weird and stuff. Like, I don't know, goal setting. I don't know. Like, so I realized number one, if it took me until I was 27 to learn about these, I mean, it was a huge turning point for me. I went from the the victim mentality, pretty much, of like, all of this stuff is happening to me. And why does this keep happening to me? And how am I going to stop this? And why to, okay, I am the creator of my life. I created all of these beliefs that I have. So therefore, I also have the power to change those beliefs and create something better than what I have so far. And once people kind of get like a little hint of that, they get, they're very attracted back. Like, tell me more. Like, I want to hear more. And I don't know, I guess I was, I was wanting to seek more people that were of the same mindset as me to help me grow from where I was, but so that I could go back and help the people that were not quite there yet and help bring them up because I feel like there's just this huge group of people that just missed out on the, on the memo on, you know, how, how you actually like take control of your life and 
And I've been thinking about the whole, the comments about pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. And that comes up a lot in a lot of the like reddits and stuff that I'm reading where people are like, that's impossible. I don't know how they expect us to do this. But like, the more I think about it, it's the change of mentality is what that is. It's like maybe labeled incorrectly. Mm -hmm. As soon as you realize you have the power to create anything you can imagine, then that's you pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. Like you're doing something that everybody else is saying that's impossible. I like that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. It's, ah, man, like it's so spoken of, but it's so, you know, mindset. It's like everything, right? <laughs> yes. Everybody's like, well, what do you mean positive mindset? Like yeah, what, yeah. what do you mean think positively? And people try and do it, but they're like completely missing like the core point, which is you create meaning to every situation in your life. You decide if it's good or bad. Oh man, I love this conversation. Like I totally, <laughs> I, I totally, I totally needed to hear this, right? Like I, uh, I, I literally just had, a, I literally just had a phone call with a client of mine, and you know we've been planning on talking about next year and what, what the strategy is going to be next year, and we were going to have a call about it last week, but we didn't. So he's like, "Oh man!" So you know, he calls me to talk about something. He's like, "Oh, so can we set a date to talk about strategy next year?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, for sure." He's like, "Yeah," because we punted on it. Totally normal conversation. And then as soon as I hang up the phone, I'm like, "Oh my god, is he going to fire me?" <laughs> you know, like it's like it's like, what am I thinking? Stop it! Like literally before we got on this call, I was just thinking because I sent him an email of like the stuff that we were talking about. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm really just inventing this idea that he's probably going to fire me for no reason, right? Like it's, it's so mindset, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have this friend that we started working together at the last job that I worked at and we're both marketers, but she definitely has this worry about what other people are thinking about her. And she's constantly inventing like situations that aren't really there. So she's like, Oh, do you think this person, you know, doesn't like me and that's why they're not calling me back or whatever. And it's like, no, they're probably busy. Like why assign something to it that you're going to take like personal attack from if you don't really know what the answer is, at least pick something where you can be okay with it no, sorry, that person's just really busy right now. That's why they haven't gotten back to me. I should maybe probably reach out to them again just because they'd appreciate it because they've been meaning to call me back, but they're busy. And she's like, yeah, you know, that is a better way to look at it. And it's like, okay, keep doing that. And, so, but it, and it just gets so frustrating for me because she's, she's in that habit now of doing it. So until she becomes conscious that that's what she's doing, she's going to continue to sabotage herself in that way and the relationships that she's trying to have so common <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's like it's like the emperor's new clothes man you know like you know when you when you figure this stuff out the rest of the world just looks funny right yes totally totally so and that's what i love about coaching because sometimes it's like yeah. just i'll say like just one simple comment and and there's like nothing on the other end, but you could just see this like spark in their eye for a second as they're like, kind of like staring off to the side and they're like, oh my gosh, like now that I see it that way, it's like the world's a whole new place. It's yeah. so fun. Yeah, that's cool. That is cool. That's gotta be super gratifying. Did, 
did you have a moment where like did you so for me gary v was like that first like paradigm breaker did you have like a first kind of like person that was either like a piece of content that you started following or an actual person that you're like this person now i don't have any excuses yeah i so i was a mary Kay consultant and i was trying to get my car and i'm really great at team building and i'm like this is awesome like i can build a team but i can't sell anything but why i wasn't selling anything is because i was not doing any of the activities that you need to do to sell like hated getting on the phone and calling people. And I had all this stuff, a perfect plan laid out for everything I wanted to achieve, but I wasn't doing any of it. And I was beating myself up over it. Like the more I didn't do it, like the further I sunk and the further I got from actually starting anything. So I Googled, I'm like, why am I not doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing? And up pops Sean Smith. Actually, it was on the side where like they had like the ads and stuff where I'm like, okay, so if I click on this, there's going to be some sort of money involved, but this looks good. So I'm just going to click and see what it is anyway. And when I got on his website, it was like, I felt like he had a video camera, like in my brain, because everything he was saying, I'm like, yes, that's me. Oh my God. How do you know so much? Like, and I'm just reading through it. I'm like, hallelujah. Somebody gets what I'm talking about. Like, I was so excited. And he was having a a seminar in Chicago. So I called up my recruiter for Mary Kay and I'm like, I really want to go see this guy. I don't want to drive to Chicago by myself. Will you please go with me? And so we went and she ended up signing up for another retreat with him for like your relationship. And so she and her husband like signed up for that retreat and I couldn't afford his one-on-one coaching or to go to another seminar. So I did like his group coaching, which was a weekly phone call that you could dial into. And then it was recorded and you'd get a CD recording because, you know, CDs back in the day. Anyway, so it was like all of the CDs and stuff where I'm, I'm getting more information and more training about all this. And then it was kind of just up to me to figure out how I was going to implement it. And looking back, as I was trying to develop all my coaching programs and see like how my journey took me, I really did realize that if I did have the money to invest in myself and I was working with him one-on-one, I would have definitely gotten to where I wanted to be a lot faster because of the accountability piece. Because there was definitely times where stuff happened in my life and then I just let like everything slide to the side and then it's like, oh, Now I just took like 10 steps backwards and I can tell. So how do I get back on track again? And it was when I finally got my processes and systems into a method that was working for me that I'm like, okay, now I've kind of leveled myself up. Now what new habits can we get from here to level level ourselves up to the next step? And it was really finding other business owners that were trying to do what I was trying to do more or less that we had a little mastermind group having that around me was my next level up since I couldn't, I couldn't get a coach. And then from that mastermind, then I got a coach who is my mentor. So each step, it was like realizing where the fail point was Mm -hmm. And then coming up with some sort of solution that was going to make sure that that fail didn't happen the next time. 
that makes sense. And I guess fail is a bad word because fail is really a learning experience. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, like fail fast, right? Have you always been somebody that's able to tinker with what you're doing and stick to it? Like, is it, you know, I, I agree, you know, like I very much agree with the concept of if you can pay for the shortcut, you get to it quicker, right? Like, I think there's two types of people, right? There's like the type of person that, or at least. All right, so maybe it's not that I think that there's two type of people, but I definitely know that there's one type of person <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna buy a lot of like advice and not implement it, even even if they're paying for it, kind of thing, right? So I wonder if that kind of person, right? So like this is this is one of the reasons what I very much believe in just like putting out shitloads of free content, right? Because it's like I think that there is I think that there is the the person that's like just needs to hear it for a super long time, whether they're paying for it or not, before they're ready to actually pay for it to then implement it kind of thing. Do you? Well, I, I think what it comes down to is people need to know what they value and what they want out of life. And if they aren't sure about those things, about themselves, then they keep taking in content that yeah, they're like, this is interesting to me. I want to learn more about this. Yeah, I think this is going to help me get to the next step. But until they identify that those steps are actually what's going to get them to what they value and what they want out of life, they're not going to find the motivation to act on it. So a lot of people skip that first step, which is discovering who yourself is, what your unique skills and abilities are, and then what am I learning to supplement that so that I could go out into the world and do those things? So I think like, like you're saying, a lot of people just keep consuming information and keep learning until there's that one thing that finally clicks for them. And I think some people kind of discover, you know, what they value and who they are along the way through all of this research, but it's, I think that's the main reason why there's no action from all of that education. There's no connect. Yeah. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I like that. I think that's really what I found for myself. I, that first, I had one free like coaching session with this coach. His name is Sean Smith. I don't know if I mentioned that. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned you were like I saw Sean Smith, right? Like, okay. yeah. I don't know who that is though. Is he somebody that puts out a lot of content? Like, is he somebody that uh... you know? I stopped like following him for a long time, yeah. and then I checked in with him when I started my coaching business because I was like, I wonder what he's doing these days. And he's doing a lot more coaches coaching for coaches, I think, than he is coaching for the average individual at this point. Mm. But I haven't really been following a bunch of content and stuff like that really as much as I want to. I feel so consumed by all of these things that you have to do now as a business owner. And it's like, where do I fit all this stuff in? I don't have time to just listen to stuff like I used to. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. I, I, I feel that. And especially with like, for me, at least when COVID hit and I stopped driving to places. Oh, I was savior. <laughs> I, well, I lost that. I, well, for me, I, yes. So you save time to do stuff, but that's like my time that I'm normally consuming. Con like I'm very much a audio content consumer and it's like walking the dogs, driving, 
you know, cooking a time, you know, if, if I'm not cooking with my wife, those are like my three go-tos and I feel like I lost one. <laughs> so like, and the driving time was a big chunk of it, you know? Yeah. yeah my driving time, I'm, I'm always multitasking it because I feel like I, I waste way too much time in the car. So yeah, I'm, I was listening to stuff or practicing my singing. <laughs> Tell me about that. Are you in a band here locally? I am not. I was talking to a dude, but I just don't think it's going to be a good partnership. And at this point, I want to run my music like a business if I'm going to put all that effort into it. It's, I don't think people really understand like the process of creating the songs, practicing the songs, going into the studio, getting the recording, going through the mastering process, making all those decisions, picking up the, it's just, but it literally is the same thing that you're doing when you start your own business. Mm. And if everybody involved in the band is on the same page and they're not just like, I'm just here to play bass. I just play bass. That's all I do. If everyone's on the same page, then it's not all on one person to basically like do everything while everybody else just tags along for the ride. I'm not looking to do that anymore. (laughs) So I just had this like, all right. So I'm always, I'm always thinking about, content in general right because it's like it very much plays into like every you know the whole play with me here life coach band right like if if you find other life coaches that like you know you're the vocalist there's another life coach that's a super lifelong guitarist there's a wouldn't it inherently be that right like and wouldn't that wouldn't that be like awesome content to create as a I mean, I could, I could see it being your like mastermind, right? Like it's like your band is your mastermind of people that also you create music and content together and whatever. Have you ever, is there anything out there that exists like that? Is this something you've considered? Well, I mean, I guess I haven't considered trying to find other life coach musicians. I do believe that I'm going to find the right partners just from doing what I'm doing with the life coaching. I know I'm going to attract like the right caliber of people, but in my last album, that was pretty much like my story of going from being the victim to rising to the top. That's the name of the album, Rise to the Top. And finally being at this this pinnacle, which is being on a big stage and looking down and seeing all the people below me and being like, oh my gosh, is this me? Like, was it really me? I've made it here. Like, I can't believe it. And every song was kind of written with some sort of life coaching concept. Like there's a, there's a song called perfection, which just talks about my struggle with identifying with perfectionism and why it's not a good thing to identify with being perfect and that good enough lasts longer. And from that, I overcame one of my fears of being a musician and writing songs, which was like, how am I going to come up with the lyrics and the, like, where am I going to keep getting ideas from? Once I found life coaching, it's like the ideas are like bottomless pit and like everything is inspiring that can bring people up from a very despairing place. You know, you hear some, especially I, I was in a doom metal band. So like, it's, it's very like depressing kind of sounding, but the message is very uplifting. So it kind of had this crazy message to it. And when fans would reach out to me, because 
I've kind of worked with being uh, introverted and having to have conversations with strangers and it being kind of like awkward and how can I overcome this? So I'm like, well, I like talking about life coaching. So I'm just going to throw these people like a curveball and be like, so what is it that you really want to do with your life? What are you doing now? And what is it that you really want? And people are like, no one's ever really asked me this question before. And either, you know, they have a good idea and they start rolling with it. And then it turns into a conversation of, of where that could go. And then they're like, holy cow, like no one's ever talked to me like this before. And I'm just like, this is great. Like, I feel like I'm connecting with my fans on a much higher level than like, here's my song. Glad you like it. <laughs> Dude. Brilliant. Right. Like, and, and, and the added value that you bring, right? Like the added, your ability to affect somebody that's reaching out to you because they already admire something that you do creatively is exponential in comparison to the average person you're going to talk to. Right. So like what an amazing way to enter into that conversation and like to create impact. I think that's really cool. And I feel like it might be reaching an audience that normally they'd be like, Oh, life coaching. Oh, like that's all like crazy, like whatever. But it kind of like gives them a taste of what it is. And then they're like, this is interesting. I like this. And now, now they're hooked. And now, now I'm pulling them out of that, that spot that they're in. I love this, right? Like I've been this year, I fell in love with this concept of a, of a pep track. Right. And, and I guess, I guess that last call thing that I sent you is a version of that. Right. But like the, the intersection between motivational speaking and music or just, you know, any idea disseminating and music is something that really, really fascinates me. And I've only heard, you know, and, and I think it's one of these like very seamless gratifying marketing pieces that is also value added that taps into your core and, you know, the, and, and when you think like not a lot of people are doing it, right? Like not a lot of people are, you know, there's music and then there is the motivational speech on YouTube that has the ascending classical music thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a very small handful of people that are very purposefully mixing music and getting a message across. And all of them are doing really well. <laughs> right? Like, like it's a, I, I think it's a, like that, that area of content is something that very much intrigues me. And I've been like exploring more and more, right? Like calling it pep tracks. Like I took my, I took my biggest client's webinar and turned it into a mixtape. Right. Oh, so it's nice. like, yeah. So it's like the rental property investing mixtape and it's, and it's, you know, just words from his webinar, but like it's creatively mixed to cadences and like, there's parts that I take of what he's saying and I tag it, you know, like the, the really, really, really hard, you know, like stuff like <laughs> that, you know? But yeah. So I think that's a really, I think that's a really cool concept. Is, is that stuff on Spotify? It might be on Spotify, but I can send you our band camp page. Cool. And then it's got all the songs for the album there. I think awesome. it's got the words too. Yeah. 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 I'd love to see that. The other thing that I realized that songs are, or can become is an affirmation because an affirmation is just something you're telling yourself over and over again. So if you keep singing a chorus over and over and over again in your head, don't you think that eventually that chorus is affecting you in some way? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So what are you singing to yourself? (laughs) Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. Like I, I definitely, when I need when I'm like in a slump, I will start off 
like I will deliberately play Weezer's greatest man in the world song. Because <laughs> you know? it's literally, it's like, oh, I am the greatest man that ever lived. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, like. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. Music is an affirmation mechanism, man. Super powerful. I like that. How can I help you, Heidi? Is there anything, is there anything in particular that you think that I could you know, like open a door to help you out with in any way, any introductions, like is, you know, anything like that? I don't have anything like super in mind right at the moment, but I'm excited that you're in Jacksonville. Yeah. Cause so I have this virtual cast called Mentor Magic. Mm -hmm. Basically it's just a networking group, but what I'm doing with it is it's being recorded and then I'm cutting it. So there's like three segments that go on our Facebook page I don't know. Did I send you the link to Mentor Magic? I saw, yeah, I saw like the website Mentor Magic. I don't know if I went to like the Facebook group. Like I didn't put all that together. Okay. Okay. So right now that's kind of like the cheesy way to do it because we're just kind of getting started. I have like huge visions of like, basically we're working together. My group is working together to create a co-working where there's going to be a physical location where we can have events, educational events, but also it'll have like a studio in it. So if people are doing voiceovers yep, or yep. If people want to come in and record music stuff, they can do that. Mm -hmm. And it'll have a space for like content creators and stuff like that, where they can work and have like an office space as well. And so we're basically building that team by using this, uh, virtual cast to see who like wants to stick around and who wants to work with us. And that's been one awesome thing about getting involved with this networking group. I thought it was just a small group that was getting started. Now I've got a partnership with fi financial people that have investors in California that want to invest here in Jacksonville. And that's what led to me being the host of this virtual cast, which has become like a big marketing funnel for me. And then just having all of these people around me that we share common goals and we're all working together. So it doesn't feel like, again, I've got that accountability piece, yeah. like by working with other people. So I would love it if you would do a 30 minute uh, segment on my virtual cast. Yeah. And I mean, you could talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about. You could talk about like a product that you know, you're looking to promote that you have, or you could talk about network marketing or, you know, sure. Yeah. yeah. After like, talking uh, to you, I know it's going to be like an engaging, like 30 minute yeah, presentation. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. I would love to, you know, I would love to kind of describe. So to me, this whole relationship flywheel is like a $95,000 a year product for big companies, but the concept of it is something anybody can implement, right? Like I would love to, I would love to describe that at detail and how it all works. Cause I think anybody, anybody with the chops to do it can implement it and it, and it fucking works. <laughs> you know, like it is, uh, it, it is bound to work. So I think that that'd be cool. Yeah. I, I, I would love that. Okay. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Would you be interested in an introduction to somebody that is working on a very, very similar project to that, what you just described? Yes. Okay. So my buddy, Vincent Candor, he is, he is the executive director of a nonprofit called 21st Men, and he's an entrepreneur, right? He also does like social media marketing and stuff like that. And he is putting together something called We Create, which is 
a shared co-work space for content creators that will include podcast studios and hosting and, and, you know, like, and photography spaces. So very, very similar to to what you just described. And he's got like a, you know, he's, he's kind of along the journey, right? Like I've introduced him to a couple of contractors and stuff like that, but like, maybe it's a, I don't know how far along you are, but, but maybe it's something that can be, I don't know, man, like, you know, I just see synergy, right? Like if people are on the yeah. same. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see synergy here. So yeah, that, that would be great. Okay. Is he in Jacksonville too? Yeah. It's in Jacksonville. All right. And yeah. And outside of that, like my, you know, through my biggest client, which is JWB, who is a, you know, major, major player in Jacksonville real estate. I have pretty reasonable real estate connections here. Like if that's something that you're looking for, as far as like talk to people with commercial space or commercial contractors or any of that stuff, right? Like if you are getting into the the action mode on like finding the space and whatever. Okay. And, and not only that, working with Greenfield Sullivan, those investors are looking to spend money on real estate properties here oh. in Jacksonville. So we're basically looking for people that need money for real estate projects. So, okay. okay. I can, I can definitely help you out in that world. Okay. Awesome. The first thing I would advise you to do is join the Yellowbird Connect Facebook group. So that's a super, super valuable community of wholesalers, flippers, real estate investors, like people looking for money for real estate deals all day and like, and sourcing real estate deals and stuff like that run by some really great people that are very community oriented and very like value add. So honestly, my favorite... I'm not a realist. Like I, I guess I'm now a real estate guy. Cause I'm like the host of this like real estate show, but I got involved with them early February, 2019, just cause I went to, cause I'm a fanatical networker and I go to like a networking event that my buddy Whitney is like, dude, you need to go to this. And I, and I went to it and I'm just like, this is an awesome, like, like the intent behind what they were doing was so good that I was like, guys, I want to get behind this, right? Like this is community creation for business development. I want to help in any way. And I've become like a yellow bird ambassador, right? Like I'm like <laughs> the one non real estate guy that's like part of their inner circle, you know, and that has led to definitely led to a lot of my connections here. I don't know if I would attribute it to me having JWB as my biggest client, but it definitely helped with all, you know, like, so, so, so yeah, it's an awesome group of people. So I, I, when they start up networking events, I would highly recommend going again, like, cause it's like a really good networking experience. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. Since you're talking about that, are there any other networking groups that you attend? I always like to ask because I like yeah. to see what other people are going to. Yeah, you know, nobody asks me that often enough. Like, I feel like I'm like this networking connoisseur. <laughs> uh, like, I very deliberately test out networking stuff and, and like learn about <laughs> it. Thank you for asking that. That's cool. There was, all right, so pre-COVID, I really liked I really like my Toastmasters group that's on, on the beaches. I don't know. I, I've what, been thinking about doing a Toastmasters. Okay. What, what part of town are you in? Um, Mandarin. Mandarin. Okay. So probably too far for you to come to the beaches for like Monday night Toastmasters. But I do like Toastmasters a lot in general. I highly recommend that. I just, I just like, I love the people that are a part of this group. I don't know if that's the culture in every Toastmasters group. But I've stopped going now that it's digital, but I will once it starts up again. Before that, I was I was mostly networking at Yellowbird. I was networking at like tech stuff because I moved here originally to be the VP of business development for a tech startup. And out of the tech networking groups, tech on it's not tech on tap. Tech on tap's like done by like these like corporate recruiters. So that's kind of cheesy. 
but there's another one that's like tech and you know it's like tech related that i really really liked and they met at in like this place in san marco called it's like this english bar something house i'll have to find that out i'll i'll get back to you on that one but that was like a cool group of like tech people if if you're into that as well mm-hmm. i would say as far as stamp of approval those would be the two ones that i would say oh there's also this guy called Doug Wilder that has a if you want to if you want to meet other coaches and and like network with other coaches there's a guy called Doug Wilder uh Wilder with a Y okay. he, he does a monthly coaching meetup that is really nice people and like you know it is i was the youngest guy in that room always which i always find a lot of value in you know like i i think there's a lot of like yeah so there's a lot of value in and people so there are like coaches that have been doing this for like 20 years pre internet and haven't really transitioned to internet as 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 well as I think everybody should if they're in the coaching space but I think there's a ton of value in that right so so I don't know man maybe maybe that's a good community for you I I, I forget what the name of the group was I stopped going to it also with covid right like but but good group of people they meet they meet on Mondays close to Mandarin in this like Greek restaurant kind of in that area it's and it's like the first Monday of the month okay but awesome. I will I will intro you to I would recommend for you. Yes. It's right now, since they're doing it online, like there's not like the opportunity to like introduce yourself and say like your company name, Mm -hmm. but it's called Clay Safety Net Alliance. You can look up claysafetynet.org. That's their website. I'm not sure if they play the replays on there or not. I know that they didn't change the buttons. So it says watch April's replay. (laughs) But basically, Clay Safety Net Alliance is a gathering of nonprofits from Clay County and surrounding counties, municipalities, uh, church members, like city council members, all and business owners that are (laughs) all working together to share resources. So, like, for example, if you have like a food pantry in one part of town that's got way too much food and then you've got one in a different county that doesn't have enough food, then they could share resources that way. Same thing with money. And and a lot of these nonprofits, you know, they kind of overlap where they're helping like the same community of people, but they're doing something a little bit differently. So they are doing something in Clay County that they're, mimicking after i think it's called lake county maybe but anyway basically instead of trying to attack all of the problems of the county at one time we all brainstormed together to figure out what some of the top problems were in the county and then there are different like divisions of of committees and so all of the resources and time is going into solving this one problem. And then once that problem is making some progress, then they start attacking another problem. It's kind of the gist of what they're trying to do. But they have this segment called meet the need every month where people that are looking for volunteers or sometimes furniture, or sometimes it's business resources. They say, Hey, I'm looking for this. And I've gotten some great, ideas as far as like, you know, nonprofits I'd like to work with in the future. And I don't know, I just, I feel like it's a great way to be connected with what's going on in the community to help out the people that are less fortunate than everybody else. 
And since you were talking about nonprofits and liking that, I thought that might be a group that you'd be into. Totally. Totally. That sounds awesome. I'm, I'm just taking notes as you're saying this. And they also are once a month Thursdays, third Thursday of the month. Awesome. So they're meeting on Zoom right now. And like I said, you don't get a chance to really introduce yourself, but that they usually have a speaker of some sort of um, either explaining how things are working with some sort of program or them asking for some sort of resources. And it's usually really good. I love it. I love it. Like I love, I love that because everything, you know, like all of my aha moments came from nonprofits because two reasons. I think it self-selects for givers, right? Like people, people in that world pass a certain, you know, and, and again, this was in Miami, right? So I'd be like, people in Miami are super flaky. Everybody in this room at least cares about something other than themselves, at least a little bit. Right? Yes. And, and two, I feel like nonprofits are, is where the super connectors of the community all intersect, right? Like the, the people on the boards of nonprofits are generally the most influential people in town, nonprofit development directors and those types of people need to know everybody. Politicians are a part of it, right? Like it is a, it's, it's like a Petri dish of super connectors. Yes. Um, so, so yeah, I very much echo with the nonprofit world. Cool, man. That's a, that's a great tip. I appreciate that. All right. Awesome. Cool. All well, right, happy new year. Yeah. Happy new year. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm so like on blurs day, right? Like <laughs> awesome. Cool. Yeah. Happy new year. I'll talk. I'll see you next year. Okay. Sounds great. <laughs> The key to building your relationship flywheel will rely in your ability to design and build your own stage where you can have conversations with people, getting to know them, understanding their value, and sharing it to the world. This is the service that I offer, and I offer it to $100 million companies where we're setting record-breaking sales goals with it. If you want to know more about that, go to connectwithpablo.com. If you're just an individual that wants to build it, subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to my email list on my website because coming soon is a community where I'm going to teach this to you personally. Go to connectwithpablo.com.